0: Welcome back to another episode of Mormon History Podcast. I am your host, Skylar. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today is going to be less about Mormon history in the historical sense, and I just want to bring up a point that someone had said, so... Uh, This person named Jared, I don't have a last name, said, Thanks for the podcast. I enjoy learning from you and the rest of Mormon Discussion hosts. PBs, talking about uh, priesthood blessings or patriarchal blessings, were definitely a shelf item for me and one of the first things I explored when I dived down the rabbit hole. Mormonthink.com has a good overview. I feel like there can be inspiration through priesthood, but I don't think it's exclusive to Mormonism nor is it accurate or reliable, although it can bring hope, comfort, even if in the end it is somewhat delusional. We need to think not in terms of truth or false, but rather ask, is it useful? And so this brings me to where I'm at now in life when it comes to what we would consider, I guess, spirituality, and maybe my thoughts on religion now And if you listen to the SMRL podcast that I do with Jesse, you'll probably have a good understanding of where I am. But if you don't listen to that podcast, then I will give you a little overview of maybe my thoughts on spirituality versus religion, as well as this idea of something bringing hope, comfort. And is it useful uh, rather than true or false? So obviously these are my opinions, but the differentiation that I have of religion versus spirituality is that religion is typically, in my mind, a set of beliefs that are tied to a specific organization. Um so obviously within Mormonism you have a specific set of guidelines that you have to follow if you want to be a fully active participating member of that religion. It's the same as uh the Jehovah's Witness, it's the same as Seventh Day Adventist, Catholicism to a degree. I'm sure that the Baptists and Methodists as well as a few churches out there, uh, including Scientology, would have those kinds of um, requirements or set of beliefs that people would use. It's kind of like a mission statement for a business. Whereas spirituality is a, not a feeling, but it's just something that you can believe uh, and not believe if you don't want to, and there's no there's no one to tell you that you're right or wrong about what you believe. You're not going to be kicked out of your own beliefs, and it's more of a way that you personally tie yourself to anything that you would consider to be spiritual, um, whether that's meditation, whether that is a form of God or uh, supreme being, whether that is Christianity or a you know, part of it, and even Christianity, you know, you have the Nicene Creed, you have general, the idea of Christianity is following Christ, so probably you're looking at the New Testament and you're following those aspects of those teachings, and so there's kind of, you know, I will classify Christianity as kind of an in-between of religion versus um, spirituality, In the sense that you can see even the divide with, well, you're not a true Christian if you're a Mormon because you don't believe in the same Christ that I do. And so there's people that will tell you, well, you're not a Christian, which means that you can, in their eyes, be kicked out of, you know, Christianity versus spiritualism. You're just like, you know, what I like this. It gives me good energy and makes me feel good. I'm happy. And so that's what I'm going to believe. So where does that leave me when it comes to being in a high-demanding religion, such as Mormonism, and this idea of different kingdoms, these signs and tokens, temple work, eternal families? Where does that leave Skylar? I believe that love is the answer. No, just kidding. Well, actually not kidding. That's actually what I believe. Funny enough. I believe that love is the answer. The way that I look at God, if there is a God, is that I don't believe that there's this person up there waiting for me to worship him or her or it, and that if I worship it the right, correct manner, that I will be awarded like some magical heaven. I don't really have a belief in afterlife, not in the sense that I don't hope for it or that I don't uh, want there to be one. For me, I look at it like this. I'm going to live this life, the life that I know that I have, And I'm going to be the best person that I can be. I'm going to love everyone that I can and be good for goodness sake. And if there is something when I die, if there is an afterlife, then I view it as kind of like a bonus round. It's just this extra level that, hey, great. If there is an afterlife, whatever that looks like, then I've lived this life awesome. I've had a, a great, loving, awesome experience where I was authentic and I lived this life. And if there's a bonus round, then I will live that one too, just as honestly and authentically. But what I'm not going to do is live this life in a manner where I'm working hard for a church doing these callings, checking off a list, hoping that in this next life, I will have a better life. That doesn't seem like living to me. And there's this idea of atheism, which I'm not claiming to be an atheist. I'm claiming to be more of an agnostic atheist, where I don't know what's out there. I feel like there's too much organization for everything to just be a coincidence and um but I don't have this like I said set in stone belief that there is this all magical being in the cloud who lives near Kolob that is waiting for me to pray to help me find my car keys or to worship him in a correct manner I just don't see it. I don't, I, I don't see a need for it, really. And this aspect of eternal families where we're all sealed together as family members, I, I. the interesting thing is, and I don't know, I'm sure maybe it has been brought up, but one thing that we don't tend to ask about that is You know, you have the song like families can be together forever, right? So we think of like these mom and dad and these kids and you go to heaven and you're this mom and your dad and the kids and you're like this eternal family stuck at like 30 years old with like seven, eight, nine year olds. But the reality is, is that that's not how it is because while You're sealed to your spouse. Your spouse is sealed to her parents. You're sealed to your parents. Your parents are sealed to their parents who are sealed to their parents or who's sealed to their parents. So what what family are you actually holding on to? I don't see where that makes sense at all because essentially everybody is just sealed to everybody and so you're all just one family, right? If we're if we're going back to this Adam and Eve and everyone was sealed all the way to the time of Adam and Eve, then it's just one eternal big massive family. There's no father and mother having millions of babies and they're all sealed together and you're sealed to your parents and your parents are, you know, sealed to theirs. That just doesn't make sense to me. But, you know... I think that it makes sense to the people who have lost children and who are looking at that as a hope for this next life and that I will get to raise my children in the next life that I've lost. And so going back to this person's comment where they're talking about that there can be this inspiration through their priesthood, but that it's not exclusive to Mormonism nor is it accurate or reliable, but that it brings like this hope and comfort, uh, even if it's somewhat delusional. I think that's through most religions are that way. I think we're holding on to the things that bring us hope and bring us comfort, and that will maybe make us do things out of fear. Right? So you have this fear of God flooding the world, and so I shouldn't be a horrible sinner. Or I have this fear that if I sin, or if I take uh, the Lord's name in vain, then I'm going to go to this lesser uh, kingdom. And so then the fear is that I'm not going to be with my family. And so if I don't pay 10% of my income in tithing, and I Uh, don't avoid, you know, drinking coffee and alcohol, then I'm going to lose my family, which therefore it, it uses that fear of staying in a religion so that they can get their money and that I can have this eternal family. But I do think that if something is useful to you, If you need that fear to be a good person, to be a better person, if you need that priesthood power to feel like some kind of hope or to help you get through an illness or through a sickness because that brings you comfort, then so be it. But just because something brings you comfort and brings you hope doesn't mean that it is true. And I did that episode, Oh, Say What Is Truth. I do believe that there is a eternal truth out there, right? The world came from somewhere. And I don't know that we'll ever know for certain. Uh, there's a 50-50 chance, right, when I die, either there's nothing after it or there's something after it. And I guess when that happens, I'll find out. But again, am I living this life out of fear? Um, Am I living this life out of some kind of delusional obedience because I feel like I've found the one true, the truest of the true church? Or am I being good for goodness sake? And the thing that I wanted to say, which I... I didn't end up saying earlier was there's this idea that if you're an atheist or if you don't have like this god to hold on to if you don't have these 10 commandments to hold on to then where do you get your moral compass from i have actually found that through not holding on to Mormonism that I have more of a moral compass because now I don't have an organization telling me what I need to believe. I have to look at everything that's in the world and make a decision on how I feel about it. And like I said, there's there's more of a reasoning for me to be a good person for the sake of being a good person, because I want to love everybody. I want to treat people with respect and I want to show people what unconditional love is and what that looks like and that I'm not putting on a yellow shirt to promote a church to help somebody and I don't want to put the church down for the the efforts that they do with helping people but If you're wearing bright shirts to promote yourself as helping, then you're really just promoting the church. It's one thing to go help your neighbor who just moved in unload their truck because you want to be a good neighbor. It's another to go help them because the elders quorum president sent you a text message to, you know, make sure guilting you that you went and helped unload this uh, truck. And not only that, but then you're going to start up a conversation of, hey, are you guys Mormons? Oh, because that's what we are. We're Mormons and we have got on this church down the road and you should come. And then as soon as you find out that they're not Mormons and that they're not interested in going to church with you, you never knock on their door again. You don't bring them anything. You have nothing to do with them. That's not love. That's exclusion. So while I do think that there are things within Mormonism that are useful, it's only useful if it makes you a better person, and it makes you truly a better person, but not just a person that's hoping for a better life hereafter because you checked off enough boxes of things that you need to do for the church i am truly excited to live life i'm getting married next month to the love of my life and i can say that i am truly happy i'm truly happy with my life i'm happy with my decisions i'm happy with my beliefs And they will progress to whatever they progress to. But in the end, it's through love and not excluding people in my life that makes my life happy. Does that mean that life is easy? No. But life is great because I'm alive. And it will be great as long as I have a breath in my lungs to continue to live and continue to love and continue to grow as a human being. And if you are listening to these podcasts, it is because you are typically in a place in your life where you are trying to figure things out. You're trying to question what you believe or you're just looking for dirt on Mormonism. And that's fine. I really enjoy uh, history. I enjoy doing uh, historical podcasts. Um, There's obviously a lot of things that I want to cover within Mormon history. There's a lot of stories that I want to find. As most people know, I like to, you know, dig in the more obscure historical stuff, and I plan on doing that. I plan on giving you guys some more information that you can use just for your own personal knowledge. And I enjoy hearing from you guys. You know, lately there's been a few people, I think someone from the Denver Snuffer movement, you know, reached out about the polygamy and how Joseph Smith did not practice polygamy. It was Brigham Young. I've had other people say that my my voice is like a whiny teenager. And... All, uh, all comments are welcome, and I hope that you will reach out. You can email me directly at Mormon History Podcast at gmail.com. You can message me through the Mormon History Podcast Facebook page, and yeah, I enjoy, enjoy uh, having these conversations with people. And even with the people who write negative comments, I will email them directly and just say, hey... If there's anything that I can help you with, just let me know. If you ever want to talk about anything, let me know. And if you are interested in the more uh, explicit critical podcasts that me and my fiance do, you can listen to the SMRL podcast. If you want to listen to a true crime podcast I do, you can tune into the podcast called Critical Darkness. And um, I'm gonna to try to find a good historical story to share next week. So stay tuned for that. And thank you so much for listening to my uh, my ramblings. <laughs> so much for tuning in to another episode of mormon history podcast tune in next time where i will hopefully have a historical episode related to mormonism and as always have a good one